and to know exactly where we are and what we are supposed to be doing with our lives. Who will your where your confident lies? Praise the Lord. And so this morning I'm ministering on every man is a believer. Every man is a believer. Praise the Lord. Now, what you need to understand is there is virtually nothing in life that you can have until you begin to believe for it. Nothing. Hallelujah. And no matter how difficult the thing is, it takes your belief to overcome that difficult situation. In fact, Jesus made a statement, as we're going to be seeing, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark 9, verse 23. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, I will explain to him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, if you look at it from the message translation, First of all, the background to this is Jesus, somebody was seeking a healing for the child who was having problems. And so, the man came to Jesus to seek for healing for the child. And he was trying to say, if thou be willing, you can make my child whole." And Jesus said, you don't have to put if you only have to believe. And so let's look at it. Look at Jesus said, if is a question. There are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. There are no ifs among believers. Now watch this. The if is a condition you're trying to attach to anything you believe in God for. By implication, assuming you trust in God for something, and you say, well, if, or maybe. Hallelujah. But Jesus is saying, there are no ifs when it comes to believing as a Christian. In other words, once you believe a thing, it comes to pass. You say, anything can happen. If only you can believe for it. Hallelujah. Anything can happen if only you can believe for it. It doesn't matter what. Hallelujah. All things are possible to him that believeth. All things, not some. I'm trying to bring you to something in relation with what I'm sharing. But I want to make you see this. Your belief for the thing to happen have to have a source. Is that alright? You don't just believe. You believe because you first believe in someone or believe in a thing. For instance, you can believe for something because you believe in God. Amen? Now I want to be sharing with you now. Three major levels or types of people in creation. And you could fall into one of those categories. But by the time I'm true, I want to believe God that you have a change of thoughts about your source of belief. 
Hallelujah. The first category of people that I want to talk about, they are called atheists. An atheist is a man who doesn't believe that there is God. But you see, maybe you've never seen that, but you've seen people, I've seen people say, well, I am a free thinker. I don't believe in God, I don't believe in shrine, I don't believe in anything. Have you had people like that? Hallelujah. They are free thinkers, that's what they think. But the point is this. That is a big lie. They are not free thinkers. They believe in themselves. In other words, they don't believe God, they don't believe in Shirai, but they believe themselves. By implication, they are replacing God with themselves. Because there is no vacuum as far as life is concerned. You have to be a believer. The three dimensional belief I'm sharing with you this morning is, you can either believe in God, or believe in yourself, or believe in Shirai. Is still a belief. Every man is what? Is a believer. Is that okay? You can believe in yourself to succeed without God. You are still a believer. <laughs> so even if you say you don't believe God, that does not exclude you from being what? A believer. You still trust in yourself without God. And that is what an atheist is. An atheist is a man who says there is no God. So if there is no God, what is the basis of your belief? You believe in yourself. So you are still a believer. No vacuum in creation. You still have to believe something. So an atheist is a believer who says, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in shrine, I believe in myself. I'm going to give you scriptures on that. If you take time to read Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17, we're going to read it in full much later. But just verse 17, God was speaking to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17, speaking to the children of Israel, and after he has prospered them, after he has blessed them, and here's what he was trying to tell them in verse 17. If you start thinking to yourself, I did all things, and all by myself I am rich, it's all mine. Look at that. I did all things, and all by who? By myself. I am rich is all mine. In other words, you don't believe God, you don't believe in shrine, I have all the energy to do what I'm doing. Let me tell you something. When you walk in this way, you labor more in life. Hallelujah. The point now is this. You are not believing in God, you don't believe in shrine, as the case may be, but you believe in yourself. But the foolishness of this kind of thinking is you cannot exist without God or shouldn't I be here without God? You can't say there is no God at the same time you are existing. How did you get your existence? You are only refusing to acknowledge your source, which is God. But in all of that, you are still a believer. Let's read in the King James. Give it to me in King James. In all of that, you are still what? A believer. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You are the one that believes in all of might. In other words, you're saying, my riches, my everything comes from me. This is where people become stingy. I'm going to make you see that much, much later. But look at this. And that you're saying in the heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me what? This word. God is not there. You know how I work hard? You know how I struggle? You boast. So what are you doing? You believe in what? In yourself. So don't tell me you are an atheist. Don't tell me you don't believe. You are a believer. But you are believing in yourself. Are you there with me? Look at Jeremiah 17 verse number 5. Jeremiah 17 verse number 5. Look at what it says. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 17 5. Thus saith the Lord God. Or cause be the man that trusted in man and make a flesh his hand and whose heart departed from who? From the Lord. That has a consequences of you trusting in yourself. You are a cost man. <laughs> in other words, even with all the words you think you've gotten, and you set God aside and stand in the place of God in your life, you are a cost man. 
That's what the Bible is saying. Hallelujah. Thus said the Lord called the man that trusted in man and make his arm and whose heart departed from the Lord. Look at the next verse, verse 6. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the patch places and the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. There is a failure at the end of the day. When you begin to place yourself in the place of God. Are you there with me? This is the consequences of this kind of belief. So I'm saying again, you can't say you are not a believer. You are a believer who refuses to acknowledge God. But you trust Him in yourself. My might and my power has gotten me this way. That is the boast of the atheist. But the consequences is Jeremiah. 17, that was just right. 5 to 6. Hallelujah. Okay, let's take it from the message. Jeremiah 17, 5 to 6. Very interesting here. Jeremiah 17, 5 to 6. From the message. God's message. Cause is the strong one who depends on mere humans. Who think he can make it on muzzle alone and set God aside as dead weight? <laughs> are, are, you, are you getting that? The man who think he can make it with what? Muzzles alone. Now I don't need God. I have all the powers. You see the foolishness about it is God can simply take your life and the whole of your boasting is gone one minute. Cause is the man. Who think you can make life with your muscles alone? You want to prevail by your strength. You just set God aside. You don't need God. It's your power. You don't even sleep. Because you have to think over your business. You have to run out early in the morning. Come back late in the night like those in Lagos. Huh? You know how they live in Lagos? You get back home by 9 o'clock or 10 and you leave your house by 4 a.m. You don't see your children until the weekend. A friend of mine was just discussing that with me. The children don't even know the mother too much now. Because the only time she works in the bank and the bank is far away from their place. So she leaves home around 4 a.m. in the morning and returns between 9 and 10 when the children are already in bed. That's no life, man. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Now, if your life is like that, now I know that circumstance have led to that. But if that is the way you live your life, to be able to make a living, I'm saying you are a cost man. When there is no rest in your life, no peace in your life, you struggle every day, you depend on your muscle to succeed in life, man, you made yourself a God in place of God. There is suffering in it. You trust in your muscles. You are not called by God to trust in your muscles. Can I hear amen to that? Alright. Let me give you the second group of believers. Like I said, there is no one in creation who is not a believer. Is that okay? <laughs> you are either believing in yourself, or you are believing in idols, or you are believing in God. No free man. But the worst part of it is, when you believe in the first two, or if I believe out the first two categories, there is so much pain. Let's deal with the second category, idol worshippers. You are still a believer, but you are an idol worshipper. So don't tell me you are not a believer. What am I sharing on? Every man is what? A believer. Idol worshippers, Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. Praise the Lord. Look at what he has to say, verse 31. No, verse 3 rather. Isaiah 40 verse 3. I have declared the former things from the beginning. And they went forth out of my mouth. And I showed them. I did them suddenly. And they come to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate. And the neck is an iron sinew. And the broad brass. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it come to pass. Are you there with me? I showed thee 
Let that she say, my idol have done them. And my graven image and my mortal image has commanded them. Hallelujah. So here's another category of people who are believers. But what are they believing in? Idols. And I pray you are not one of those. Because you know you have people who could go to church and still they have the idols at home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you catching this? He said, I'm trying to make you see the success in your life, the glory that is coming. God was speaking. I am the one commanding it. I spoke into it existence. I made it to come to pass. Lest you begin to think that your idols have made you to go in this. You know what? Life and work does not come from self, your muscles, neither does it come from what? Your idols. It's a realm of deception. Yet you are a believer. No free man. No free thinker. You are a believer. You are going to believe in yourself or you are going to believe in your idols. Either way, you are still what? A believer. You know, sometimes you look at people in the street and say, are you a believer? Maybe you need to define exactly the question, what you're asking. When you ask me, are you a believer? What do you want? What are you trying to pick up from them? You're only trying to find out if they believe in Jesus. Am I right? Hallelujah. But the truth is, every man is a believer. So the, the best question to be, who do you believe in? <laughs> you don't say, are you a believer? Everybody is a believer. So you should rather ask, who do you believe in? Or what's your source of belief? So the man can simply say, I'm an atheist. In other words, I believe in myself. No God. Then the other man can say, well, I don't believe in God, I believe in idols. But of course, they won't tell you they believe in idols. What they will say is, I worship idols, God created them. How many of you have heard that before? <laughs> so, if you feel God created the idols you're worshipping, why not you forsake the idol and worship the creator of the idols? You're just punishing yourself, worshipping the creature instead of the creator. Now I'm going to show you the consequences of you being an idol worshipper. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 8. Verse number 4. 1 Corinthians 8 verse number 4. It says, As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other than God, one God. The things you call idol, for a true believer, they don't exist. Is that okay? But you say, well, the idols have power. You made them to have power. But of the idol themselves, they have no power. Hallelujah. You created, you empowered the idols to function. And all the entities begin to walk through those things that you believe. You are attracting powers to the idols by your belief system. But of the idol themselves, we know that there is nothing like what? An idol. No power. That is why it doesn't really matter to me. I've had ministers say, well, you don't have to have a sculptural piece in your house. You know, carved pieces of sculpture, artwork. The demon stays there. You are the one creating demons who stay there. I use art pieces in my house. I can use them in my office. They are pictures. They are simply sculptural pieces. There is nothing there. You made them to have power by your belief. You created the power that manifests through the idol by your belief. They are just pieces of food. There's not nothing there. This is the scripture. Hallelujah. I remember when we started the ministry, a lady walked to me one day and said she wants deliverance. I said, from what? He said, well... She need to be delivered from marine spirit, delivered from doubt. So many things she said. What made you think you have all of this? He said, well, she was told when she went to a ministry that she had all of those spirits. And in fact, she was asked to bring her cloth, her wrappers that had fish design on them. 
and all her plates that had fish design on them, that all of those fish design speaks of marine spirit. So she carried all her wrappers to the church, carried all her bases and plates that had fish design to the church, and they took them from her. I told her, you're a very stupid woman. He said, Pastor, why do you say that? I said, now you listen to me. You are afraid of the picture in a dress and yet you eat fish. Does it make sense? You are eating fish, but the design in a dress, you are afraid of it. They said you are possessed by possessing a material that has fish design, but you go to the market to buy fish. So something is wrong with your head. Which one should be more, you know, frightful to you? It should be the fish, not the picture. Now, listen to me. When you take your picture and put it in the wall, will anybody have to be afraid of that or afraid of you? you somebody can be an armed robber. The picture cannot rob. Am I right? Have you seen picture going to do robbery before? Now, you're afraid of... Of a design of a fish in your upper. You took it to the pastor. I don't know what to do with it. You took your business there. Something is wrong with your head. Stop buying fish if you want to be delivered. I said the deliverance I have for you. Don't go to the market to buy fish anymore. Because you're not thinking right. That's how they use the gospel to fool people. Hallelujah. And I must be honest with you. She packed out of that church. Final. I'm no longer going there. I say, I'm going to do your rappers now. They are gone. Foolishness. All the rappers you bought, all your plate, all your trade, the half feet design, they are gone for good. Religion. Are you following me? Look at that. We know that an idol is nothing in the world. Nothing. You are the one giving power to idols by your thinking, by your beliefs. Nothing. <laughs> I grew up in an environment where idol worship is prevalent. My father was an idol worshiper. But there is something that I would always tell you. Is there any shrine that is not attended to the spirit departs? Is that okay? If there is a shrine in your family and nobody is attending to it, no priest is attending to it, they will tell you the spirit have left. So if you want the spirit to come by, what happens? You go and serve the shrine. So you are the one empowering the shrine. Are you there with me? You are a believer, but a shrine believer. Is that okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, look at, let's read, let's read another scripture, very interesting one. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 19. I would like us to read this from the message. From the message translation. Do you see the difference? Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to what? Oh, come on, read with me. <laughs> you see how you're fooling yourself. You see how people fool themselves. Sacrifices offered to idols are offered to nothing. For why is the idol but what? Nothing. But unfortunately, even Christians are afraid of idols. They are afraid of shrines. You know what? They are afraid of nothing. So you are fearing nothing but fear yourself. Is he here? I told you sometime when I was young, primary school, went to school, was coming back home, and here was this shrine by the riverside. And you have Coke, you have Fanta, they were all there. They used to serve the shrine. And they were very hungry. <laughs> we're just coming from school. You know what that means? Been playing and very tired, hungry. We looked at this thing. My friend said, man, what is this? Are they good food? Went straight there, bounced from those things, drank the whole thing. The shrine didn't hold us. I'm still alive. He is still alive till tomorrow. Because it is to nothing. Say so the sacrifice you offer to idol, you offer them to who? To nothing. 
You are just afraid of those things. Because somebody has made you to be afraid of them. That is why you are afraid of them. Thought patterns, images, pictures that men have painted for you. How powerful the shrines are. Shrines amounts to nothing. I remember some time passed when I lost a child. Then I've not known the Lord. And then there was this shrine that they took us to. And they said, we should do all the sacrifices we did. Kill dog, kill goat, kill this. You're always killing things. We did all of that. In the midst of all of that, the child died. If I, that was the gospel that God preached to me. I asked the question. If with all that I've done, my child can still die, what use is it for me to continue with that? Nobody preached to me. That's when I really started seeking God. And then, after I've come to know the Lord for about two years, I saw the priest, the shrine priest at Ore. I was coming from Lagos. We met in an eating spot at Ore there. And he called me. He said, David? I said, yes. He said, I have not seen you again. I said, I have no business with you. He said, ah, but you remember part of the vows of the shrine are still hanging. I said, I'm owing you nothing. He said, but it's dangerous. I said, not for me, but for you. And I walked out of him. I'm still alive. Nothing. It was foolishness that made me to do the first thing that I did. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because then I never knew the Lord. The sacrifices you offer to idols, you offer them to what? Nothing. So in other words, if the idol is nothing, you are believing nothing. Though you are a believer. Does it make sense? <laughs> and you see, this is very expensive. A way and a life to live. You will bring your, your fowl, you bring your gold, you bring your... You know how taxing it is to serve nothing. Because the idol you are serving is nothing. Yes, you are taxed every day. Buy this, buy red cloth, buy white cloth, bring cowrie, bring shoe that have no head, bring... You know, every day you are taxed. It's too expensive to be an idol worshiper. Some of you don't know. And the worst part of it is it. Why are you going into all of this? Most times because you want money. Remember what I said before. My muzzle has given me this word. Part of the reason you are also into the shrine is you. Maybe you want money. For the women, they want their husband to be at home. For the men, you know, kind of stupid things. And then they go to idol worship. Are you still there with me? And then, for those who need money so fast, so quickly through the idol worship, the next thing, the chicken didn't work. The goat didn't work. And next thing I'm going to tell you is human parts. It's money you want. Every day you are driven into more deadly expenses and dangerous zones in your life. All because you are serving nothing. And by the time the money comes to you, they give you a few years to live. How many of you remember that? In the next few years, you see yourself going away. That is why most of them who go into idol worship and make money through this medium, they don't give you their money. Because they know they are paying with their lives. They will tell you this period of time you are going. So, everything is vanity. You've, 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 you've given out your chicken, given out your gold, given out human parts. Now you are also going. So why is there sense in trying to make money from idol worship? But in all of that, you are a believer. Are you still there with me? <laughs> Praise the living God. Is anybody following so far? So you can believe in yourself. I can do everything by my power. No, 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 no. The bread you have is given to you by God. Amen? And then the next thing is, man, there's one shrine there, there's another shrine there. And the people begin to tell you to go to a shrine to seek for solution. And then you go and then you spend all the money. The Bible is telling us all of those things amount to what? Nothing. You are just gambling with your life. Wasting your money. There is nothing there. Going out the days. I remember when we were young. You know what happens? If you go to some farm, you're going to see red cloth on plantains and some of that stuff. And when you see red cloth, people begin to run away. But today, if you like, use the whole apart to tie your farm. 
Men with big, because they've discovered that this thing is nothing. Awareness has come. Pack, take your wrapper, let it be red and white. Go and tie on all your plantains. People will still cut them and go. Why? Men are beginning to know that this thing amounts to what? Nothing. Nothing. You can, you see, you can only fool people for a while, but you can't fool them for too long. Men are beginning to know that this thing we call idol is amounting to what? To nothing. The fear is no longer there. So if you like, tie red cloth anywhere. Robbers will stick on and rob you. Plus your red cloth hanging there. In fact, if care is not taken, they take it away. <laughs> they take it away. They don't say this. Who they will tell you, who do you want to intimidate? You think, well, who do you want to intimidate? They will take it and rob you and go away. Nothing happens. You know the red cloth amounts to nothing. No power there. Just wasting your time. You are the one creating powers for these things. They have no power. Hallelujah. And that is why the ministry in the south here is prospering. Well, they tell you about deliverance. Let's go to your village. Let's go to your community. There is nothing in your village. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. You have been set free. You are delivered. Nothing is in your village. Your old man died, died with whatever thing he had. Nothing's in your village. You tell you, I see vision. There's one pot on that one. What are you doing with pot at this time? When you had good kettles to boil water. See, there's a pot somewhere there. What are you doing with pot? The man who has a pot, let him use the pot. It's not for you. Okay, now I'm going to show you the thought believers of people. You like to hear this? <laughs> First believer, the third is no God. Second believer, I don't worship us. Third believers, Christians, you and I. Hallelujah. Let me show you. John. John chapter 1. Read from the King James verse 12. And then we read from the message as well. Hallelujah. John 1 verse number 12. But as many as receive him, to then gave him power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Believe. He gives you power to become. In other words, if you were not because, I mean if you were not before, but because you believe, you become. Praise the living God. If you can receive him, he gives you power to become. <laughs> oh my God. And the Bible said, God spoke to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make rich. And the Bible says, Abraham became very rich. That is a transition that takes place. God is giving you power to become the sons of God. You are no longer who you used to be. So anything, like I said before, whether it's in your community, whether it's in the river, have nothing to do with you. Can I hear an amen to that? Because now, because of your belief, you are what? A son of God. No shrine can take you back there. No shrine can hold you. No power one bit. I'm telling you about what I know. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Let's take it from the message. Praise the Lord. From the message. But whoever did want him, that's what I'm looking for. If you want him, how many of you really want Jesus? <laughs> whoever did want him, that's the key thing. Do you really want him? The transition comes based on your wants. Do you want Jesus? But whoever they want him will believe he was who he claimed and will do what he said he made to be the true selves or their true selves, their child of God self. In other words, your true self is that you are a child of God. <laughs> are you done with me? That is your true identity. What is your true identity? Son of God. 
I've said that here sometime. Let me remind you, for those who have been here, and for those who have never been here, let me say this to your hearing. You are not a Christian. Does that surprise you? <laughs> you are a son of God. Listen, it was in Antioch that the people who believe in Jesus were called Christians. It was not God that called you Christians. It was a nickname. In fact, it was a mockery. The false believers of Jesus were called Nazarene. Then when he came to Galilee, they were called Galileans. It was in Antioch they called them Christians. So it was a nickname for a set of people. But your true identity is what? Son of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If God calls you son, don't call yourself another name. Glory to God. That is your true identity. If you can want him enough, if you can believe him enough, he turns you from who you are to your real you. So no matter how stupid life has been for you, God is going to change your life. I know that. <laughs> Amen. No matter how bad situation has been, God is out to change your life. So are you a believer? <laughs> so what do you believe? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? You can either believe in yourself and believe in no idols or you believe in Jesus. In all of these, you are a believer. There is no man that is free in creation. All of us are what? Are believers. But what do you believe? That's the question. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let me have that. Thank you. Ready from verse 11. God is speaking to the children of Israel. And this is what he has to say to them. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in giving his commandments and his judgment and his status which are commanded this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and has built godly houses, goodly houses, and dwell therein. Now watch this. It means when you become a child of God, this is what you are supposed to be experiencing. You will have enough to eat, and you will be full. Can I add amen to that? And the next thing is, you will build your own houses to dwell in. Mm -hmm. May God give you this grace this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God forbid that you live all your days as a tenant. And yet you are a child of God. I expect an amen from that. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God forbid. You see, there is an age you get to, you can no longer be a tenant. And I speak this prophetically to every member of this local assembly. You must own your own buildings. God forbid that if you decide to go into glory, don't let the family begin to decide where to put you. It just happened to somebody I know. And they are deciding what to do. He has nowhere, no dwelling place. So some are saying cemetery. Others are saying let them make a little tomb. Some are saying let them put him by the side of the kitchen. God forbid. Let me tell you, neighbor, that is for my Lord. Hallelujah. When thou hast eaten and are full and have built goodly houses, not just any house. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
to do hearing. Next thing. And when thy herbs and thy flocks multiply, what is that supposed to mean? Your business. Listen, you know what I'm trying to make you see? You just connect very soon. As I say, it's all this thing we're talking about are the things you are going to do with your own muscles. As an idol worshiper, all these things we're describing are the things you'll be pursuing, making sacrifices for idols. Are you there with me? But now you're a believer. Look at the next thing. In other words, something has to happen to your business. The heads and the flock have to do with the business of the Jewish people. As a believer, your business, the Bible says, must do what? Multiply. You know what? There has to be an increase in your business. Can I hear an amen to that? And the silver and the gold is multiplied. What is that supposed to mean? Your bank account. I refuse your account to be in the red in the name of Jesus Christ. And I like that. <laughs> Praise the living God. Thy silver and the gold is multiplied. And all that the house is multiplied. Can you see that? That's a principle that works with the believer. It's a principle of multiplication. You have to multiply on all sides. Business multiplied. Money multiplied. Children multiplied. Even if you want to own a village, you are free. Multiply the children and have a village for yourself. As long as you can take care of them. Can I hear an amen to that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't be afraid. Look at what happens. Look at what happens when these things begin to multiply. God is warning. God is saying, be careful. Look at the next thing. Verse 14. Then thy heart be lifted up. And I forget the Lord thy God. <laughs> Which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You know the word. God brought you out of the world and brought you unto himself. Did you get that? Next verse. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and proud wherein there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint. You passed through the desert. Dangerous places. Fiery serpent. Man, what is the symbol of the serpent for us? Demons and Satan or whatever the case may be. But the Bible is saying you're going to pass through the midst of this thing and no harm will come to you because God himself is the one leading you on this journey. Can I hear an amen to that? You know what? It's not your business to think about a serpent. You should be thinking about the one leading you. Remember, I want to share the message here. The best way for an army or a soldier at the war front to get the victory is not his expertise. It's not how smart he can handle the gun. If any soldier wants to succeed in the war front, he should listen to the commander. Is that alright? Because if the commander says, take over, and you didn't hear, and you are standing up, you certainly can get a bullet. Going through life is not how smart you are. It is the question of who is leading you. They were all led through the wilderness. God provided for them. And if you say the New Testament is better than the old, then if God did all of this for them, He's going to do the same for you. And in a multiplied manner in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at the next verse. Who fed them or fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy father knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do the good at the latter end. Okay, next thing. And thou say in thy heart, look at that. God, I've done all these wonderful things for you. Now you come and say, in my heart, you're speaking now. And thou say in the heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me what? This way. Don't forget. In other words, your own strength can give you what we're describing. Neither shrine will be able to give you what we're describing. Are you there with me? But it's saying this. Next verse, look at verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. 
For it is he that giveth the power to do what? To get works. That he may establish his covenant, which is sworn to thy fathers, as it is this day. Who gave you power to get wet? God. Not your strength, not your muscles. Get your mind off that. Don't be too smart for yourself. It is God that gives you the power to get words. If you take time, I'm, you know, we have a CD on that. Wet itself is not you're talking about money. Wet also means skill, ability, ingenuity. That skill you have in doing the things you are doing is given to you by who? By God. You must remember. Praise the Lord. I think this is where we got all the problems. This is where we have all the problems. The ability to do what? To remember. We often think, in fact, we ascribe our success to our own muscles. So that could belong to God. We don't even give it to Him. We ascribe our lives to our own strength and muscles. And so automatically, even though you might be in the house of God, you can be an atheist in your thinking. Oh, come on now. Does that make sense? You can be an atheist. You've come to the place of thinking that everything you have in life is coming because you are smart. It's coming because you have power to do it. Hallelujah. Let's take one more scripture and then we're going to pray. Genesis. Look at what happens. Genesis 22. Glory to God. Abraham took Isaac, was going to Mount Moriah for sacrifice. And he did that. And God provided himself with the ram in the place of Isaac. But hear what God has to say. Genesis 22 verse 17. After the sacrifice, and God came down and said, That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess what? The gates of his enemies. Glory to God. You know what God is telling Abraham? Because you obey me, because you could do the sacrifice, because you acknowledge that I'm your God. I'm going to multiply the seed. I'm going to make your children to be just like the stars of heaven. And not just that, your children shall possess the gate of their enemies. By implication, I say this to you today. No enemy have the power to overtake your children. And if you are a child born into this family, no enemy has the right to overtake you. You will rather overtake them. You will not only possess your gate, you will collect what belongs to you. Amen. Glory to God. Shall possess the gate of his enemy. Let me explain this. Let me explain this. You know what Jesus said? I will be my church and the gate of hell cannot prevail. You know what I was trying to say? Because you see... The gates in those days were supposed to be a people where people sit to make meetings to decide. The elders in the city, they can come together to the gate to, to decide, to make judgment over people or whatever the case may be. And they say, come and believe also that witches can also gather in such a way to discuss. In other words, what God is saying is, if he said the gate of hell cannot prevail, it means there is no decision that man will make that will stop my church from progressing. Does that make sense? So if you are going to possess the gates of your enemies, it simply means there are no people created in this world that can sit together for your sake and they will succeed. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. And in thy sea shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou have done what? Obeyed my voice. <laughs> That's the key thing. Whose voice are you obeying? You are not going to obey the voice of the shrine you're worshiping, the high priest of the shrine you're worshiping. Huh? And there are several names for them. 
Is that how you going to obey those voices? Or you are going to obey the voice of your Lord? God himself. Abraham simply obeyed what God told him and God began to make a vow. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to bless you. Your seed shall possess the gate of the enemy. Listen, you know what? The church often tells us more about the I, I, I of Lucifer. They don't tell us about the I, I, will, will of God. You know what I'm saying? They will tell you, Lucifer said, I will ascend. I will ascend. I will ascend. They tell you that so much about Lucifer. But how many of you understand that God himself had a lot of I will? I will bless you. I will prosper you. I will increase you. God himself is saying I will. They don't tell you the will of God. They tell you more about the will of Lucifer. And that is why you are where you are. Your thinking is Luciferic. I'm telling you. You, you can grow beyond what you are impacted upon. Knowledge makes a man. And the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So it is what your child gives to you that you become. So the more of Lucifer you hear, the more Luciferic attitude you become. Because that becomes your nature. Are you sitting there with me? But now, man, we declare Jesus Christ the reigning king. Can I hear any man today? He reigns. No power in creation. No power outside of God. No, 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 no. No matter how much the storm is, Jesus is still in the boats. <laughs> the storm could be rough, but recognize that he's still with you in the boat. You know what he said? I will not leave you, nor what? Forsake you. And if he say that, he meant every bit of it. What have I come to share with you this morning? You are a believer. But remember, to them that believe, all things are wrong. So it takes your belief to make things possible. And then you have to believe rightly. So that you don't struggle. If you believe as an atheist, you struggle to survive. If you believe as an worshiper, you waste resources. But if you believe in God, it is simple. God will bless and prosper you. Stand up and let's pray. I just want You can make a change in your life. There is an opportunity for you now to make a change. Have you trusted so much in idols? Or you trust so much in yourself instead of God? (laughs) God has the ability not only to forgive you, but also to cleanse you. Not just only to cleanse you, He has the ability to multiply everything that He wants to bless you with. Remember, the idol is nothing. So don't give powers to the idol in your thinking. The idol is nothing. The sacrifice you make to idol, you make to nothing. Braseka hase prosahata. is nothing and David will speak in the book of Sam he said those who worship the idol they are like the idols then the other man can say well why waste your time I will increase you God himself is saying why don't you come back home and believe in Jesus I have come to lift up Jesus for you this morning to you this morning you just trust in him believe in him he will bless you multiply you. He has promised He will increase you. Believe in Him. You can trust Jesus.